here come the blue shirts. If you weren't awake to play in that kind of game, then you weren't made to play hockey in Madison Square Garden. He's got experience in the streets and in the alleys. <laughs> and in the alleys. He will whoop your ass. Yeah. I'm looking better now than I did before. Ron, it's her all name. your fault. It's over for all of you. Once I'm on the team. Well, you're going to have to let me dress you, though. <laughs> oh, 100%. You could have, that, that's going to be Ron Duguay's third act. Molly off the air. Wow. <laughs> Molly off the air. It's a whole different person. Yeah. Up in the He'll blue be court side and I'll be <laughs> up in the blue seat. <laughs> Ooh, welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post as we react to the Rangers' West Coast trip, where they are one and two so far. Joining us later in the show, he's back in the saddle. It's our Hall of Fame writer for the New York Post. That would be Larry Brooks will join us later in the show. But first, Let's welcome in our hosts who are finally home in their perspective homes for the first time since 2021. That would be the Queen of the Posts back in her saddle in Saddle River, Molly Walker, and her co-host, Rangers great, number 10, Ron Duguay. Well, hello, everyone. And yes, we're back. And we're going to call today's edition the Taxi Squad. Much is going on, and we're going to discuss all that with Molly. Things have changed. After the Rangers going on a seven-game winning streak, they are now 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. What's going on? Is it time to panic? Are there concerns? And because we're going to welcome back Larry Brooks today, all of that will be discussed. The good news is for the Rangers is that the power play looks really good. And that, if anything, is probably the most difficult thing to fix. But the power play is good. But five of five, not so good. Goaltending, well, Shesterkin is not there. Georgiev has played hard, but he's still not Shesterkin. Is that the reason why they are struggling a little bit? All that and more, we're going to discuss that today. Players going down, players coming up. But is the Taxi Squad edition. Molly, welcome. Glad to see you're home. I'm home and within our comfort zone. But tell us, Taxi Squad, what's up with all what's going on? Yes, look at us in our respective homes, not on the road, like the world travelers that we are. But happy to get to talk some Rangers today. Yes, like you said, the taxi squad has been in full use since it was reinstated after the holiday break, which might I add was perfect timing for the Rangers. I mean, think of all the other NHL teams that had to deal with these COVID outbreaks without having the luxury of a taxi squad. So as far as the Rangers are concerned, they got pretty lucky when it comes to, you know, how the NHL started handling the whole COVID situation. But yeah, Shesterkin has been in protocol. He's missed the last couple games. I believe he is eligible to come out of protocol today. Um, he has to have a negative test before he can clear, and he also has to get medically cleared by the trainers. So hoping for the best where he's concerned. Gautier is also in COVID protocol. Barkley Goudreau is in COVID protocol. Head coach Gerard Gallant is in COVID protocol. So that has brought up AHL coach Chris Knobloch. Um, we have all seen him last season when he filled in for David Quinn and company. Um, so the rest of the team is pretty familiar with him and, and they've all talked about that. Dryden Hunt is on IR with an upper body injury. And I believe Ryan Reeves is also in COVID protocol too still. So that's that's a good chunk of the Rangers roster that is currently out right now. But 
like you said, Ron, that has opened an opportunity for the guys on the taxi squad. We've got defenseman Braden Schneider was just recalled from Hartford and promoted to the active roster immediately. We've got Morgan Barron, Johnny Brodzinski, Tim Gettinger, Anthony Greco are all on the active roster. But the probably the biggest news of the week was defenseman Nils Lundqvist goes down to Hartford for the first time this season. So that is something that we definitely need to get into. Uh, Zach Jones, I believe, was returned to the taxi squad, but he got a couple of looks too, and he actually edged Lundqvist out of the lineup for a couple games there. So that's something that we can dive into in a little bit. But, you know, I, I got this question the other day uh, on our Post Sports Plus subtext about Nils Lundqvist versus Zach Jones and should Lundqvist go down and get some time in the minors? And when I answered it, I it was obviously before they sent Lundqvist down, and I didn't think it was the best idea for his development if they want him to be the guy that is on that third pair all the time because he needs to develop his game at this level, I think. But it's become kind of evident that they want to look elsewhere. I believe that Braden Schneider might have gotten the call earlier had he not been in COVID protocol in Hartford. So now the Rangers are going to get a good look at him. And uh, I think it'll be good for the Rangers to to see what they have on the back end, um, even though it does mean Nils Lundqvist goes down to Hartford. But hopefully he takes it with a grain of salt. You know, he, he'll get top minutes, he'll get top pair minutes, and maybe it'll be good for him. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I think for Gerard Gallant, he's still trying to figure out uh, in today's game, if you have an opportunity to get a big player, a strong player, a physical guy, may not be as quick and agile as some of the smaller players, like we're talking Zach Jones, Fox. Uh, he's still trying to figure out what really works long term because you can't just think uh, regular season. You have to think playoffs. What happens in the playoffs? You know, because it, it gets tough. It gets physical. And you having small players, too many small players, you know, the opposing team is going to basically tell their players, listen, we need to take these guys out put a lot of pressure on them, force them, get physical, get them tired. And in the long run, that could make a difference. So for Gerard Gallant, he's still trying to figure out to have, well, what he'd like to have is that balance. you got some big, strong guys, and then you got the smaller players that can move quick, move the puck, make some passes, high hockey IQ, and we're seeing all that. So I think it's a, a time of just experimenting. And for players who uh, like Lundqvist, who – are having to go back to the minors. They have to look at it in the way where, uh, and a lot of it has to do with conversation with the coaches. If coaches are speaking to them in a positive way, being encouraging, uh, going down is not the worst thing. Because when you go down, what happens is that you'll get quality ice time. You get a lot of ice time. You get a little more time and space. And a lot of that means puck control, building your confidence up, making some nice plays. And so it, it should be a good thing. And then you come back up and you feel better about your game because you play at the NHL level. Uh, you have to be quick on your feet. It's harder. It's tougher. But gaining confidence, having confidence in your game Having played in the minors uh, makes a big difference. So it's a mindset. When they go down, go down, be productive, come back. You'll be back soon. It's not a bad thing when you're thinking about developing players. Because what happens, I've seen this in the past, where coaches don't want to send them back, don't want to send them down because they feel like it's going to hurt their development. But often it hurts their development when they're playing in tough situations. So it's not the worst thing to go up and down. And I'm anxious to see this Braden Snyder because drafted 19th overall, highly skilled guy. Well, I don't know about highly skilled. He's a big, strong guy. He's got a physical game, physical presence. He's not a guy that's going to score your goals, 
But he's a guy that's a stay, more of a stay-home defenseman, hard to play against. And uh, I, I like uh, what he's had to say. He, he believes that uh, he said that I, I'm ready to go play with the big boys. Now, he's a big guy. Is that playing with the big boys is a little different. It's a mature big guy, it, what he really means. So I'm anxious to see how he's going to perform under a little bit of pressure because he's he has spent time in the minors, but he's only 20 years old, and there's a learning curve, especially for defensemen. It's harder. That's the harder position. When you're looking forward versus defense, playing defense is a little hard, harder position. So I'm anxious to see what he's going to bring to the squad because ultimately that's what Gerard Gallant is looking for. Bigger guys that can play within the smaller players on the team. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with you, Ron. I am also very anxious to see what Braden Schneider has to bring because to my understanding, Braden Schneider is one of the few prospects that they have that are considered untouchable in that organization. They think very, very highly of him. You know, he completely fits the bill of the kind of player that Chris Jury and and Gerard Gallant talked a lot about at the beginning of the season that they wanted to add more of. Um, And I think that he will give the defense a little bit of a different look, especially after having guys like Nils Lundqvist and Zach Jones and Adam Fox, like you said, Ron, just all the same kind of players the high-skilled, offensive-minded. And I, I talked about this in, in our most recent Post Sports Plus newsletter. I felt like the Lundqvist-Jones pair, even Hayek, if you could throw in there, it's just too redundant to have both same-minded kind of players as that third pair. Braden, I think, will give it a little bit of a different look. You know, you have a more stay, another stay-at-home defenseman like Lindgren, who has more of a physical mindset, you know, more of a black and blue kind of approach to the game. And I think that that he'll do well uh, in a third pair next to Patrick Nemeth, presumably. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, like you said with Nils Lundqvist, I think that he was known as an offensive-minded player that had this awesome shot and that he could contribute offensively. But obviously that's not going to happen right away. It doesn't usually happen that way. Like you said, Ron, defense is the harder of the positions to transition to in the NHL. So, you know, he hasn't really been able to bring out his shot that, that he uh, was so renowned for in the, in the Swedish league. So I think that if he's able to maybe find that again in the, in the minors and, and get the confidence that he needs, that he can come back and maybe show it a little bit more because he'll have the confidence too. So I think it'll be good for him because, I mean, everybody knows that he hasn't exactly been a standout on defense for the Rangers. If anything, I wouldn't go as far to call him a liability, but there have been instances where he has gotten, you know, turned inside out against top competition, but that's natural. And that's just going to make him a better player in the long run, I think. Yeah. And I think what's going to make this team a better team is actually going through this process of learning how to play, learning how to win with players out of the lineup. And you're bringing players in and out and you really, you'll find out what your core players that are still playing, how they can either elevate their game or not elevate their game. And then the younger players coming in, having the opportunity, who capitalize on that opportunity? And so it's not the worst thing what's happened to the Rangers right now. Now you look at the record, they're still six, six and one, which is not bad. It could be worse. When you look at the Islanders, what they went through, it, oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, you know, they didn't manage it very well. So it's not the worst thing. And the other thing, and I think we're going to talk to Larry in a few minutes, what teams are 
doing now when they're going up against the Rangers because they know offensively the team can score, although they've been struggling a little bit five on five. Their main objective against the Rangers in preparation is to shut them down in neutral zone. So some teams are doing that that one three one trap, which works if you're not prepared to play against it. Because it's not the worst thing to get to the red line, just dump it in, right? Sometimes where you try to overmanage, overhandle the puck, playmaking sort of thing, you'll give up possession of the puck. So the Rangers still trying to figure that out. So I think at this time of the year, it's not the worst thing that these things are happening to them so they can figure out who's who, who's that guy that's going to be able to play through difficult times, who's providing leadership. And of course, goaltending, we always talk about goaltending. I think Georgiev has been, he's worked hard, he's looked better, but we we all know that Shesterkin is their number one. And it's not always easy playing without your number one because it could be that one goal a game that makes a difference at the worst time. So, I mean, I, I you know, we all wish Georgiev the best, but uh, we look forward to Sisterka getting back. <laughs> yeah, no, Ron, I mean, you talk about finding out what you have in your team, you know, this Rangers team playoffs are completely in the picture for the, for this squad. You know, that's a realistic goal for them. It's something that's kind of expected at this point with the way at the rate that they're going. So when you talk about finding what you have in the depth of your team, this is people are going to think back to this part of the season right here where the Rangers really had to dip into Hartford, really had to dip into their taxi squad with so many players out. And they're getting an opportunity to see which guys they want to turn to when someone goes down, you know, when they have a hole in the lineup, who is who it makes it easier for if these problems do come up later in the season when it really matters, they'll know which guys they want to turn to. Are they going to turn to Brady Schneider? Are they going to turn to Zach Jones? You know, these are this is the time where they make these decisions. But me personally, I would like to see a little bit more of of Morgan Barron. I think that this stat alone, he has won 77.8% of his faceoffs in the four games he's played. He's lost four faceoffs out of, I think, 18, which obviously it's a small sample size, but for this Rangers team and how much they've struggled with faceoffs, I'd like to give it a little bit more of a chance if I if I were in charge of things. So I think that Morgan Barron uh, should get a little bit more of a look here, see what he can do in a fourth line role. I think he would be I think he could really step up for this team. So that's my two cents. But I guess we'll just have to see. Well, guys, you know, a video that's been going around that Molly sent to us is the rapper Kodak Black, who is honestly terrible. He has a couple songs where he's a feature, but he's not a very good rapper. Well, he was in a suite at the Florida Panthers game as they invite random celebrities to their hockey games, I guess. And uh, it seemed to be like he was having some action go down in (laughs) in the suite he was in. But, Ron, I know you know about twerking very well. Do you know what twerking is? Um, no. Uh, what is twerking? Because wait, wait a minute. You're in a suite. You're in a suite. Let me figure this out. You're in a suite. There are women there and there's drinking involved and partying and they're tweaking, twerking, <laughs> tweaking or twerking, twerking. It's with an R. Twerking. Can you guess what it means? Do you have any guesses? Any yeah, PG you know rated guesses? Well, I would think there has to something to do with rubbing something together. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you did some of that with some firewood in Alaska, but now there's no more rubbing uh, things together there. I but- mean, all, all I know is that it absolutely broke the hockey Twitter verse. <laughs> Essentially twerking, twerking, Ron. Here's the Jake Brown Urban Dictionary dot com uh, reference. It's basically when usually a woman, a man does it too, but m- more a woman shakes their behind, their their tukus, as we call it in the, in the streets of uh, the synagogues, uh, their booty. <laughs> And they usually do it up on a guy or on video or, you know, they're they're shaking their butt. It's booty gyrations is essentially twerking. Yeah, it's, you know, it happens in a strip club. It happens in the streets on on TikTok and video. So she was twerking up on his area down there, Kodak's area. And he looked like there was more than twerking going on. But apparently the video confirmed it was twerking. There were clothes on. They both. Had clothes on. So might I just say that the best part of the video, the first video that really made the rounds, was that you could see all the executives in the suite over staring, just so uncomfortably. Didn't even know what to do. Like it was just such a scene. You really could just tell. Yeah, but Molly, you noticed that they were staring. Oh, of course (laughs) they were staring. You can't look away in that in that situation. You absolutely can't look away. Yeah, well, Ron, you learned something new today, and uh, that video was a classic. Well, we'll get back to the talk of the Rangers next with Larry Brooks on Up in the Blue Seats. He's a blessing. He's a gift from above. Joining us on Up in the Blue Seats now after a rather long hiatus is our Hockey Hall of Fame Rangers beat writer at the Post, Larry Brooks. Follow Larry on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy and read his stories in the actual New York Post, wherever you get your your local papers. Larry, with how much the Rangers have dipped into Hartford slash the taxi squad as of late, naturally we've we've been talking a lot about those guys. Who do you think the Rangers should be trying to get into the most games and why? Well, I think that, that when their guys come back, they're gonna play. So I, I don't I don't think any of the forwards who they've called up are gonna are going to get a spot. What I'm looking at now is going to be Braden Schneider because I think the door is open for Braden Schneider to win a spot on the Rangers. It, you know, so much of it depends on coaching choices. Also, that we don't ask too much of a player who is 20 just turned 20, a defenseman. You know, we're going to expect Braden Schneider to be here at the age of 20 and, and be a difference maker. I, I, but I think he adds a different dimension with his uh, physical play. Uh, the Rangers have looked at him since the minute they drafted uh, They drafted him. They traded up. Jeff Gordon was running it at that point. Jeff, uh, and they traded up a couple of spots to, to grab Schneider. They wanted him. They, they uh, targeted him. And so now he's going to get a chance. I assume he's going in the lineup if they brought him out here. So he's the guy I think, you know, people want to – the Rangers are going to want to see as they – uh, make their plans leading into the trade deadline because will they need to go out and get a defenseman? Probably. Will they need to go out and get two? Maybe. Do they need three? Maybe. So I think Schneider's the guy right now who's in the spotlight. And shifting to a couple other defensemen, obviously Nils Lundqvist gets sent down to Hartford. Jones is still on the taxi squad, I believe. But when I say Jones versus Lundqvist, what comes to mind for you? Well, I think Jones is a little more advanced. I mean, he, he grew up here. He, he's been a more dynamic player. And even even in his 
cameo here this year. He he had one real tough game. We know that in, in Vegas last week. But he's a kind of dynamic player, and I think Lundqvist has not been. I think Lundqvist is still adapting to North America. He's still adapting to the NHL style. I think it'll be good for him to go down and play a lot of minutes. But I, I, I you know, I, I, I haven't seen enough of either of them to make a distinction. The, the one distinction I do know, and, and everyone knows, is that the coach of the Rangers likes big physical defensemen. And neither Lundquist nor Jones fits that description. You know, whether Lundquist or Jones or, or any other smaller player has enough talent to force his way into the lineup. And I think we're not talking about the regular season now. We're talking about the playoffs because we know bigger defensemen um, are necessary in the playoffs. The, the rules change. There's no question about it. It's uh, hand-to-hand combat in, in the playoffs. And you need bigger guys who can control the front of the net. Do you need... For those players, I'm not sure. So, uh, you know, I think a, lo- a lot will, uh, a lot depends on, on Gallant's evaluation of these players. Larry, in your recent article, you've talked about the Rangers are, after going, having seven a game winning streak, they've gone six, six, and one. Part of that is because of what they're going through, the COVID, losing players. Goaltending has been different, Shesterkin not in that. You can look at all those things. Do you believe at this time, in the season, with the Rangers having a good start, with their struggles and going what they're going through, do you think it's a good thing for them to go through what they're going through right now to figure stuff out? I, I do. I, I think it's important to see how teams react through adversity. I, I think you want, you want to be able to evaluate players in all different kinds of situations. This is now a little bump in the road. And, you know, we talk about the Rangers dealing with COVID, but every team is dealing with COVID. And, and the Rangers have been fortunate in a way there's been a steady drip of players. They haven't been hit with six guys out at one time. So they're, they're dealing just the way every other team is. And I think what this unique circumstance has has reminded us or, or has reminded us is, is how much importance depth in an organization has. It's not, you, you don't only need, you know, 12 and six, you need, now you need like probably 18 and 10 in order to get through a season. And you probably need 18 and 10 to get through a playoff run anyway. So, yeah, I think, I think it's good that the Rangers have, have gone through this little stretch. We'll see how they come out on the other side because um, they're, they're, when I watch them play, they just do not produce enough. They do not generate enough five-on-five offense. They, they just don't. And they're a little bit too reliant on a, on a couple of key guys. They need more from their third line, but they need to fill in that top six. They need, they need to get the sixth top six guy in there. And I, and I think right now they have five players for six spots. And it's funny, last year, it was such a homogeneous group. You, they almost had like 10 players for three spots, but now they just don't quite have enough. They're, they're missing one top six forward. So you had mentioned in your article that uh, exactly that, that they could use that one guy, that one guy that can play in the top six. And, and sometimes it's, uh, if you go after that guy early, it may cost you a lot. If you wait later, maybe less. And the one player that might be available that's very controversial, I don't know the answer to this. You probably know better than I do. Evander Kane, a guy that we have seen that can play. He's a top six guy, big, strong, tough guy. But I don't know enough about him to think that he getting him at the right price, which you would be getting him possibly free. Does that make any sense? 
Please clarify that for me because I don't know the answer to that. I think everyone has has his own opinion on this. For me, it's presenting a, a, a falsified vaccination card is disqualifying. Uh, you know, that's as far as it goes for me. And that's not to say that other people may not look at it differently, but to me, that's that's disqualifying. I wouldn't give them a second thought. Yeah, my two cents in there too. I don't, I don't know. I think they have a really good thing going in in the Rangers locker room right now, and he hasn't been known to uh, help foster that. So I think that it would probably be a rather risky move to bring in a guy like Evander Kane, no matter how much he could help on the ice. Yeah, Um, that's a fair point. Yeah. Larry, you also mentioned the trade deadline a little bit earlier. I feel like the rest of the NHL is is pretty curious to see how the Rangers are going to play it. What do you think the Rangers will do? Do you expect them to be active? I mean, I'm not asking you to say exactly what they're going to do, but what are are you kind of feeling uh, as the Rangers approach the uh, trade deadline here? Well, I expect them to be active, yes, but I also think that Chris Drury's moves will be dictated by the way the Rangers play over the next couple of weeks, the next month, the next six weeks. I I think he probably would like to get a, a, a jump on the market, but so many teams are still in it. At this point of the season, and especially in the rental market, which really is what we're talking about with the Rangers, there could be an exception. But generally, because of their cap situation next year, they are simply going to be looking at rentals this year. And and this is very early to to be able to pry a rental away. And the cost does get higher. So, I, you know, I I think if, if the Rangers are teetering, there's a plan A. If the Rangers are charging, there's a plan B. The Rangers are in the middle. There's a plan C. And, you know, I, I think that's how how it's going to work. But I, I, I do think that he will want to be aggressive because, again, gets back to the cap. It appears as this, this is the only year he is going, the Rangers are going to be able to be aggressive in going out getting players in the next two, three, four seasons. The attendance restrictions in Canada and the postponement of games, we don't know how it's going to be resolved. But um, it's going to hammer hockey-related revenue. HRR is, is, you know, is taking a beating again. That means the cap isn't going to go up probably for another three years, not two. So the Rangers are going to be in this spot for a while. This year, they have essentially unlimited space. And so I think that they would likely attempt to use as much of it as possible this year and try and, and, try and make a splash without, without being, you know, foolish about it without uh, without giving up three first rounders and, and their two best prospects in order to get some rental in here who may or may not work. The one thing in, in watching how the rental market has worked, I think it's, it's very risky to go out and get a guy who has played for one team for 10, 12, 14 years. I'm, and I'm looking at Claude Giroux here. So I saw it with Marty Saint-Louis when he came in. His, his, you know, they got him at the deadline and the rest of the regular season, he was useless and because you know, he was trying to fit into a new place after he had been in, in you know, in, in Tampa for so long. And it took him such a long time to adjust. And I look at it, you know, at a guy like Giroux, who I think has a lot of important qualities the Rangers could use. And I and I see him playing his entire career in Philly and then asking him to move over and make that kind of adjustment. I, I, I would be um, hesitant on players like that. But that's, that's just me. Uh, and I also watched um, – Eric Stahl come to the Rangers and have a very, very difficult time after he spent his career in Carolina. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit gun shy on, on moves like that. But 
but you know that's just me. But I, I think the Rangers will attempt to be as active as possible. You may have just answered this uh, with all the criteria of the types of players you don't think the Rangers should, you know, or should be wary of, I guess. But as far as players the Rangers have to choose from if they're in the market for rental. I did a deep dive into Thomas Hurdle as someone the Rangers could consider if they think this is the year. You just mentioned, yeah, he obviously has spent his whole career in San Jose, but he kind of has that top six ability and, and contributions that he could bring to the Rangers. What do you, what are your thoughts on him? And yeah, is that a move the Rangers? I don't put Hurdle in the same category as a guy like Giroux or Sam Louis, who had been, you know, the face of the franchise. You know, the question is, Will San Jose attempt to sign him to an extension? Does Hurdle want to stay in San Jose? Is- and he has a three-team trade list, too. Right. And uh, so that's the first part of it. You know, is he available? If he's available, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think he, he would be. Right. <laughs> I think he's the guy at the top of their list. Honestly, it also depends on how they see their team. Do they see their team with Goudreau in the middle? Do they see their team with Hedl in the middle? Will he, you know, is Hedl, um a, a chip in all of this, will at the, at the end of the day, will Heedle wind up being on the Rangers the day after they're you know following the deadline? So, but if Thomas Hurdle is there, I think the Rangers do everything they can to try and get him. Yeah, good thinking, Molly. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Just armchair GM over here. But <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time, Larry. We're so happy to have you back, and we'll chat again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'm not that low of a degenerate. That is a risky play. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, that wraps up episode 72, the current player, Philip Heedle edition of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Well, thank you, Jake and Andrew Hart for producing the show. You guys are the best. It's always good working with you. And of course, Molly being there with us. And she stood with us at right to the end. Molly, <laughs> what, do you have any parting words for this show? Good show. It was a great show. I love that we got to talk about the taxi squad. I feel like we don't get to talk about those players so much. So I I hope everybody enjoyed them. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably get some more Post Sports Plus questions in the near future. I really enjoy interacting with all of my subtext followers. You're all very much appreciated. And uh, yeah, it was a great show. You know, Ron, Molly, we it was a great time watching Full House, too. Rest in peace to Bob Saget, 65 years old. Shocking, right? Hearing that news, you know, we lose Betty White and then we lose Bob Saget. Betty was 99, so she lived a much longer life. But, man, Full House is one of the shows for me that, Molly, I'm sure you could agree, although you're a little younger, was a staple of our oh, childhood. Yeah. No, like, I definitely. I watched every episode yeah, of the no, show. Me too. And I, I saw something online that it was like, I can't believe America lost its grandmother and dad all of this. <laughs> it's terrible. It's it's very sad, but at least it's been nice to relive his amazing career and, and every all the lives that he touched over his over his life. Yeah, I had a connection, well not to him personally, although he was just here in my hometown performing. The following day he drove to Orlando and that was his last time here. But Full House, Dave Coulier, who is one of the actors, was uh, a friend of mine in the past because I used to uh, do a lot of hockey events and Dave was one of them. So having said that, I think it'd be fun. And Dave is a big Red Wing fan. He's I remember in the show, he wore the Red Wings jersey. <laughs> yeah. You were a Red Wing, so he must have been a fan of yours back in the day. 
He was a fan of mine. I got to uh, hang with him on and on and off the ice. He's a funny guy. He's so funny. He's the same as uh, when you watch him on television. So maybe sometime in the future, we'll invite him on the show and talk hockey because he is a big Ranger fan. Loves the NHL. Loves. He still still plays a little bit. And you watched Full House, right? Now you were older, Ron, but I assume you still enjoyed Full House, or was that not your thing? Well, I like the comedy stuff. I because for for me watching television, it could be depressing. With some of the shows are out there so i love watching comedy and because i knew dave back then i could relate to him and his humor so yes i did watch the show all right there we go all right guys well i'm glad you both are home it's nice to be home right ron you were in alaska for longer than you expected two weeks over there and i think you enjoyed your stay but i i know you and you're glad to be back where you can ride your bike down the uh, the beach path in 75-degree weather. Well, we freeze here in New York. In yeah, well, there's there's the head and the tail. I was at the head, which is Alaska. Now I'm at the tail, which is Florida, when you look at a map. And so I'm back here, the comfort of home. Although I'm leaving again today, I'm off to Tampa. I'm going to see my good friend Phil Esposito. I'm going to go to the game, and I'm going to have a guest with me. And I, I feel potentially by next week, I'm going to be able to reveal why I was in Alaska, <laughs> who is my miss. Mystery friend, my mystery new friend. Oh, well, we, we look forward to unraveling that with you, Ron. Oh, this, this could be a story coming on next week's show. So hopefully we can reveal it because it's been, uh, everyone wants to know why you're in Alaska. So maybe we'll find out. Let's put it this way. I will reveal it. All right. Okay. That's there it is. List. The teaser. Okay. Next week. Must listen. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's not a guy. Page six might be listening. We'll see. There might be something. So stay tuned for next week. It wasn't a man. (laughs) This show has gone off the rails, and that's why we'll end the show. So give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show on Apple Podcasts. And now you can do that on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating there. For number 10, Ron Duguay, Molly Walker, Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz. Next Thursday will now becomes must-listen podcast of Up in the Blue Seat. Stay safe, everybody. Enjoy the Rangers games, and we'll talk to you next week. Tweaking? Twerking? (laughs) Tweaking or twerking?